Dream Life Worship Center in Randallstown, Maryland, is an uplifting church, helping people live their dreams and fulfill their purpose by following the Word of God. Enjoy this message. Now, Acts, the 25th chapter, says it, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately, immediately, all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prisoners' doors open, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and he was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul in silence, and he brought them out and said, Sirs... What must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household or family. Hallelujah. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house, and he took them in the same hour of the night and watched their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed God with all of his family and household. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, it is Hosanna, and this is not necessarily a traditional church, so I don't always have to preach what Hosanna is about. You done heard a thousand messages on Hosanna. But I'll read a passage so you can see where this can tie in today. Matthew 21st chapter. Matthew 21st chapter. Thank you, Lord. And let's look at verse... Eight. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the floor. Others cut down the branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before him and those who cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Now, it's a Bible teaching church, so just keep following me. Turn, if you will, to Psalms 118. Psalms 118, Psalms 1:18. This is the corresponding passage to what took place in the New Testament. It says, save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Next few weeks, we're going to be restoring your family's dream. But today, taking from Acts 25 to 34, my subject this morning is family prison break. There's about to be a family prison break. Anybody got some family members that may be in prison? 
God's about to perform, I believe, great works. Now, I said to you earlier that God is revisiting the families. What does that mean? Uh, there will be supernatural visitations of the Lord regarding your family in this hour, just like in the days of old. Listen to me very carefully. In the Old Testament, in the Bible accounts, oftentimes we just look at these individual workings of God, whether it's in the Old Testament or New Testament, and we just say, well, you know, these are great things that God did for people. But can I remind you that those people were family members? They were uncles, aunts, fathers, mothers. Many of them brought their sons and daughters to Jesus. And the key is, is that they had the courage and the boldness to bring their families to Jesus. You have to understand that most people have lost confidence in the church. So the challenge today is not whether or not you can just bring them to church. The challenge is can you bring them to Jesus? Now every church has strengths, weaknesses, and problems. Any group of people, your sorority fraternity has got strength, weaknesses, and problems. Your, your business got strength, weaknesses, and problems. Any organization you are part of where there's people, there are strengths, weaknesses, and problems. And it's no different in the church. The only challenge we have in the church is that there's a level of standard that we're expected to live, and sometimes people come short of it. But please understand that people in the church are not perfect, they're forgiven. I'm going to say that again. So when you stand before God one day, which we all will, you ain't going to be able to tell me what I didn't like the church. He's going to ask you, did you know me? But in this season, listen very carefully, these biblical accounts give us hope that God will heal and deliver our family members many times by divine intervention. Now, everybody's going to be shouting Hosanna today like it's a praise, waving the palms. And we got some palms too because we believe in that biblical account. But please understand today that the word Hosanna in its original meaning is please save us. That, that's what it means. The people gathered together, hearing of all the great works that Jesus Christ had performed, and they were under the scrutiny of the Roman government, almost similar like sometimes we African Americans feel here. Under the scrutiny of the Roman government, they really didn't own much of anything. Everything they did in their community and county was pretty much what Caesar said. They knew a Messiah was coming, so in their mind, he's going to come and save us, not just eternally, but he's going to save us from this government scrutiny, and watch this, and we're going to be free. And they missed it, because the same people that shouted Hosanna were the same people a few days ago, later, said crucify him, because they had a wrong interpretation of Jesus. Oh, God. You got to be very careful what Jesus you believe in today. Amen. They were saying, save us. 
The Hebrew word saved means yasah, ana. That's what it, yasah, excuse me, hosanna means. Yasah means to save. Ana means please. It's a plea to God. It, it simply means in our day, which means God, hosanna means cause salvation to happen. Bring salvation now. Now, when we think of salvation, and most of us perhaps who were raised in church, our mentality is salvation means fire insurance. I don't have to go to hell. And believe me, you will escape hell if you have Jesus. But you have a whole life to live, and your family and the world could care less whether or not you're going to hell or heaven in years to come. What they're looking at now is your life. And what Jesus you can present to them now. So the word salvation in itself doesn't even mean just to be saved from hell. The word salvation has a lot of implications. It means to be rescued. I mean, no, our family needs to be rescued. Come on, y'all. It has a lot of meanings. It means to be delivered. It means to be kept safe and sound from danger. How many know we need our families safe and sound from danger? You may be sitting up here dressed nice in church, but somebody else, Junebug, may be on the corner one, one step away from a drive-by shooting, one step away from a bullet. So we need our families safe from danger, and salvation will do that. It means to do well. For those of you that think you're supposed to be broke in the church, if you broke, that's your problem. Jesus never told you you had to be broke. Never. You want to ascribe to that? Oh, I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. Well, you don't believe the Bible. That's why they cry, save now. In Psalms, I read it. Save, save now and send prosperity. Because, my, watch this, because your family needs to know that your God can do more than just give you a hallelujah and praise the Lord. They need to know and see. Not only do you have peace, but you have some money. I said it. You can pay your bills. And if anywhere you should learn how to prosper, it should be in the church. But you prosper according to God's will. You prosper according to his salvation. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because if you're prospering and you don't know Jesus, then what good is it? What profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So it's not a matter of whether or not God wants you to have it or the church to talk about it. It's a matter of priority. Soul to it. So, soteria, salvation. That's what it means. It means to make whole. And now so many of our family members need wholeness. And we're learning that now as there's a rise, we're acknowledging now, it's been here all the time, that some of our family members have dealt with mental illness. We used to say they're crazy. They're not crazy. They may be bipolar, schizophrenic. Come on, say it, man. It's just an illness. 
that, that they might have inherited somewhere, which, which we can inherit anything. You can inherit sickness. You can inherit an attitude. You can inherit a lying spirit. You can, are you listening? You can inherit anything because we're human and all of us, watch this, are subject to some of the things that happened with Adam and his sin. So please understand, we're seeing the day that, that people need wholeness. And so what I want you to capture today, and don't miss this today, please, is that sometimes God has to use covenant members in us, within a family, to bring other members of the family to him. Members of your family becomes, they become, you become doorways to other people to find salvation. Somebody shout hallelujah. Doors are entry points to have access to something. So when Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, he's referring to you. If any man opens his heart or the door, I'll come in and, I'll, and we'll sup with him and, and be with him. The moment you open your door to salvation, watch this, you have opened the door to your entire family line. Somebody shout hallelujah. When God said Noah, save Noah, he said, Noah, get your whole family. When God called Abraham out, he said, Abraham, get your whole family saved. When Joshua went into Jericho to conquer, there was a harlot. That's right. We will call them a whore. But she had enough faith to believe that her family would be saved. <laughs> Somebody shout. Listen, God is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. Not only will he move on people who have faith to bring healings and miracles, but God can take the worst of the vilest person and if they believe, Jesus can still perform miracles. That's why you cannot get saved and act like you all that. But for the grace of God, you are where you are. So watch this. So in this season, God is going to use all kinds of people to open the door for their family. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says we've lost faith for our family. And faith places a demand on what God wants to do. Faith is like a vacuum. It pulls on the anointing. It pulls. You say, well, you can't demand God. No, we're not talking about demanding in terms of telling God what to do. We're talking about creating such a demand or need that he has to supply. Come on, economic people. Where there's a demand, there's always a supply. And that's why whenever you saw people gathered, multitudes in Scripture, they bring their families, they lay them at the feet of Jesus to be saved and healed. They brought all the people to Jesus, and because they put a demand on the anointing, Jesus, with his love and compassion, he had to release an anointing to heal. And I'm saying Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. When you place a demand on your, my God, when you place a demand on heaven, heaven has got the receive. Respond. Are you listening to me? And God says, I need people, believers, who have faith in the earth for their family. Many of you have given up on your families. 
And the moment you hear what I'm saying and start placing a demand in faith for your family, God says, I'm going to supply and release anointing to save your family. In other words, be like that mother who kept on giving God praise and prayer while her daughter was swinging on the pole. She said, I don't care what you say, devil. God's going to save my daughter. Are you listening to me? Weeks went by. Months went by and the devil said, oh, I got her now. She said, I don't care what you say, devil. God's going to save my daughter. And I mean, you know that God will always respond to faith. Well, one day her daughter was dancing on the pole and she didn't feel right. Stop feeling funny. It just wasn't working like it was morning work. And she said, something is not right. She said, I just can't do this no more. I don't know what it is, but this is not the life that I'm supposed to be living. And she gave that boss and said, I'm done, who really was a pimp. She said, here it is. I quit. I'm done. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm here to tell somebody, if you place a demand on heaven and you said, Jesus, save my child. Jesus, deliver my child. Jesus, rescue my uncle, rescue my niece, rescue my nephew. God told me to tell you, I'm getting ready to save everybody who calls on the name of the Lord. I need you to give God a shout. I need you to give God a shout. Go to Romans, go to Romans 10. Go to Romans 10. Now, when God called Abraham out in Genesis, the 12th chapter, he called him out to establish a nation of faith. Abraham's family was religious. They were very religious, but they were serving the wrong God. In fact, there were many gods in Abraham's day. It's a polytheistic society, so they believed in many gods, just like we have today. People believe in all kinds of stuff. God called Abraham out to establish the truth that there's one God, Yahweh. So they, he said, I got to have a people who just trust my word. Because if they can trust my word, then I can work with them. Because faith, watch this, faith is the currency of the kingdom. If you don't believe, you can't do or be nothing, saints. So Abraham gets called out from his family because many times God has to separate you from your family to save your family. Sometimes he has to relocate you, bring a relocation so that he can bring a salvation. It's not strange for God to separate a family. Not that he purposely is trying to separate, but because we're in a fallen society and God supernaturally many times will pull you away from a family or cause events, events will happen in your family. You say, why? And this is why there's such a struggle with people be uh, believing God to save their family. Because I'm going to tell you something, ain't nothing like family hurt. Nah, you talk about church hurt. Church hurt don't even come close to family hurt. When your family has betrayed you, when your family has abandoned you, when your family has rejected you, when your family has stolen money from you, oh, some of y'all can talk about that. When your family has stolen your wife, your child, your spouse, just look straight ahead. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Family hurt goes deep. 
And family separation goes deep. And so what tends to happen is that we just give up. Your family being restored or God restoring the dream may never mean that the family will be back the same way, but God can save. Come on. Your family where they are. And he can bring about a healing and restoration. Are you listening to me? Even in the midst of your confusion and estrangement. But somebody's got a place of demand. Sometimes it's hard. Because when you don't, don't miss Wednesday night. When God puts his favor on a family member, when there's a dreamer in the family member, sometimes your own family will attack you for dreaming. Ain't nobody in the family did that. What you trying to do? We don't go to college. We just work. <laughs> Why are you getting married? Everybody's been divorced in our family. Because I got a dream. Dreamers get persecuted like they did Joseph. Threw him in the pit. Left him for dead. Not, 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 not Junebug, his homeboy, his own brothers. And so we get hurt. And some of you are here today, and you don't even talk to your brothers and sisters. You got uncles that nobody even touches. But you save and sanctify. Can I tell you, he saved you to help save them? To help rescue them? Separation. It hurts. But sometimes he allows separation to position you to save. Glory to God. Sometimes your family thinks too small. You got Romans 10. I'm going to hurry with this. I got a few more. Romans, this helping somebody? I got to get the axe. I got to get that. Romans 10. Romans 10 and 9. You, you've read this and heard this in church all your life. Look what it says, Romans 10 and 9. It says, and if thou will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now that word save, again, implies more. Now I'm not trying to minimize being saved from hell because there's nothing more important than you being saved for eternity because you ain't going to live here forever. You should have found that out the last 24 months. Salvation means a whole lot more. He saves your life. Salvation means eternal life. It doesn't just mean everlasting life. When we came up in church, all they thought was the salvation was everlasting life. No, salvation is excellency of life. Your whole life should improve when salvation comes. Every element of your life should improve. You should be a better husband, a better wife. should be a better employee. Things just change when you really get saved and get salvation. When you confess to your eyes that you will be saved. But look at the next verse. It says, watch this. This is all the process of salvation. With the heart. Here it is. With the what? One believes unto righteousness. But with the mouth. With the what? Say, God gave me a mouth. Confession is made unto what? 
I get salvation through what? By what? What you say? <laughs> oh, God. You can cry all you want, but you got to say Jesus is Lord. Because your world is determined by your words. You can fall out on the altar and cry and feel sorry for everything you've done. But if you don't say Jesus is Lord, you can't be saved. Confession means to come in agreement with what heaven says. It means to watch this. It means to confirm the evidence. Somebody shout hallelujah. So if you don't confirm the evidence... You can't be saved. If thou confess Muhammad, if thou confess Buddha, y'all ain't gonna like me now. I'm talking salvation now. I'm not talking about you knowing God. No, I'm talking about salvation. The scripture says there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. Now, there's a whole lot of ways to Jesus, but there's only one way to God according to scripture. And you got to start saying what you believe about your family. Ah, she ain't going to never get married. She's the slut of the family. He just like his daddy. He going to be on alcohol all his life. See, saying all what you believe. Salvation comes through not only what you personally say, but also what you release over your family. I'm prophesying that your language is about to change concerning your family. You're going to say, my family is saved. You're going to say, my daughter is coming out of the club. You're going to say that God is changing my family. You're going to say that my, my, my husband is coming out of alcoholism. You're going to start saying what you want because Jesus says you can have what you say. And I need somebody to start saying God is about to save my family. I don't have enough people giving God praise for their family salvation. But I'm here to tell you that salvation, the word salvation itself, implies that miracles will be released when salvation comes. Salvation itself is a miracle. You mean telling me that after all the people in my life and in my family, that God stepped over generations, stepped through uncles and aunts, reached over my brothers and sisters and saved me oh you better give God a praise it's not because of the goodness of my own but it's because of his mercy that I'm saved today it doesn't matter if you were raised in church only mercy saves us by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a 
gift of God lest any man should boast I need about a hundred people who will give God praise because he reached down and saved you love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me I was sinking deep in sin far from the peace for sure but the master of the sea he heard my despairing cry and from the waters he lifted me now safe am I it was love that lifted me I need somebody who knows that it was not your education it was not your family pedigree and it's certainly not because you've done good all the time but Jesus saved you but Jesus rescued you somebody give God a praise for salvation so in Acts Paul and silence who were servants of God five minutes and I'm done who were servants in God they were preaching the gospel in the account I read and the Bible says they ran into a gypsy who had a spirit of divination now the spirit of divination is a spiritual force it's a real demon that disguises itself through spirituality outside of the way of salvation which is Jesus watch this to promise you a life of happiness success and wealth that's what spirits of divination do you don't need the spirit of divination to be saved Holy Spirit will show you things to come you don't need a fortune teller or a fortune cookie he will show you everything you need to live this life he's come to guide you in all truth and guiding implies that there are going to be obstacles in your life. There are going to be bumps and turns. But when you guide somebody, you bump, but you still turn and start guiding. When you're guiding, it means I may have some trouble, but he's still guiding me. So the Holy Spirit doesn't mean your life going to be perfect. It just means that he'll guide me. And is there anybody here who has the real guide? Not a fortune teller, not a psychic. I've got Jesus and he is still guiding me. I've had some bumps. I've had some hurts. I wanted to give up life, but thanks be unto God. His spirit is guiding me, guiding me through the storm, guiding me through the fire, guiding me through the hurt, guiding me through discouragement. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. I'm telling you, so this spirit got bold. And it says, these men are men to show us the way of salvation. Now that sounds like a good statement because that's what they were doing. But the Bible says, it doesn't say believe not every word. It says believe not every spirit. 
that spirit was trying to align itself up with truth. What it was trying to say to other people, you can follow them, but you can follow me also. Because I know what they're about. And so the Bible says Paul looked at that spirit and he cast the spirit out. He got annoyed. Got annoyed. You got to be very careful today. Because everybody's spiritual today. But sometimes family members get caught up in religious spirits. They get tired of church, so they start trying to go in another way. But Acts 4.12 says, neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name given among men under the heaven whereby we must be saved other than the name of Jesus. So we got to be very careful how we support other religious spirits which promote happiness, peace, and even prosperity. So these gainsayers, watch this, were upset because they were losing their profit. So they threw Paul in prison and they threw them in the inner prison and they locked their feet in. They restricted them what the Bible says at midnight because I'm talking and preaching to people who are at the midnights of their life you are in the darkest period of your life this nation has just come through the darkest period of the nation and some of you are still in a dark place your family members are in dark places and you don't know how you're going to get out of this you don't know how you're going to, you need a miracle. You need a great deliverance from the Lord. And so the Bible says at midnight, at the darkest point of their life, Paul in silence began to pray and begin to praise God. Can I tell you, if you want salvation to come to your family, you got to start praying in this season. You got to start praying for their salvation. And then you got to start giving God praise for every request you make to him. I need about 50 people because God is about to release angels that are going to touch your family members. They may be in L.A., they may be in Chicago. They may even be in the West Indies. They may be in London, England. But this praise and sound that's about to leave this place is going to release angels to save your family members. It's something about praising God in the dark place. It's something about praising God when your hands are tied, when your feet is tied, when you find your heart breaking. It's something about praising God when you reach a hopeless state. There's something about saying hallelujah. There's something about saying glory to God. And I need about 50 people who need a prison break, who need God to do something in their midnight hour. I need you to shout right now and start giving God praise because God is about to set you free because God is about to set your family free because God is about to give you a miracle and the Bible says 
they kept on praying they kept on praising and the Bible says that suddenly somebody shouts suddenly can I tell you that the wait is always long but the work is quick God's about to do a quick work in your family somebody shout yes suddenly my son got saved suddenly my child got healed suddenly God set me free from death suddenly God healed my body I need you to praise him if you need God to do a suddenly I've been praying I've been fasting I've been studying but right now I need a suddenly suddenly I release your anointing suddenly God breaks through this place suddenly a wind of God's spirit now somebody give God a praise and shout suddenly shout suddenly get up on your feet I got a few more minutes but give somebody a high five and say you're about to get a sudden miracle it's according to your faith I said it's according to your faith I need you to move now my child is dying now my uncle is dying now my cousin is dying now I need a suddenly suddenly set them free suddenly bring them out and the Bible says that suddenly come on suddenly suddenly the scripture says that the earth begin to shake <laughs> that's what happens when you praise and pray things begin to shake and I prophesy to you in the next three days things are about to shake in your family God is about to shake the prisons in your family he's about to shake he's gonna shake fear he's gonna shake everything he's gonna shake family abandonment he's gonna shake daddy issues he's gonna shake estrangement he's gonna shake molestation he's gonna shake family incest he's gonna shake poverty everything that is lodged itself in your family that God did not sin I prophesy it's about to shake somebody give God a shout for shaking everything then the Bible says that all doors open come on give somebody a high five because of your praise I prophesy that all doors are going to be open favorable opportunities are going to break out everywhere over this temple are going to break out everywhere in your family line I prophesy all doors are getting ready to open new businesses winty inventions creative ideas million dollar contracts divine connections new divine love connections my God, you're going to meet your boys. 
every door is about to open opportunities somebody give God a shout for the door and at last everyone's chains everyone's chains everyone's chains everyone's chains were loosed that means freedom from restrictions and limitations of the past you're about to be loose from your family hurts satanic torments suicidal thoughts look at somebody say loose 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 from generational family lies because somebody lied to you concerning your family loose from generational family curses and sicknesses look at somebody and tell them I am the one in my family you're the Joseph of your family you're the dreamer of your family and here's what I want you to see the Bible says that all the prisoners were wondering what has happened and the guard got really afraid because he knew that he was holding them captive so he thought that, hey I might as well kill myself because they're going to kill me Paul said don't, don't harm yourself because this shaking came from God some things that are happening in your family and get ready to happen in the next five days it's going to look tough but it's going to just be a shaking and then the prisoner says after the prison break what must I do to be saved and the word was very simple believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved but that's not enough because when God saves me he has my family in mind you will be saved and your household that's the promise We got to get back to that. We'd like to thank you for listening to this life-changing message. We hope you enjoyed the word that was specifically prepared for you to hear today. You can send your monetary donation to our ministry online at www.dreamlifewc.com.